All right, Chris and Wes are here. As always, a rainy Friday. We are about 29 hours away from the start of the spring game. Guys, is there any event, is there any less meaningful American sporting event that we care more about? Oh, wow. Just got right into that Put one. Put me on the spot. Yeah. Um, I was gonna. I was thinking about taking a shot at like soccer or something with my answer, but you got nothing. Um, probably not. I mean, spring the Pro games. Bowl? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Ooh, well, oh, that's a great. That's a great nomination. Does anybody but, even but care? Nobody gives a. You know, nobody cares about the Pro Bowl. I gives a think. gives a what? Wes? Oh, you went with the Twitter <laughs> take of nobody cares about that thing that millions of people watch. The Pro Bowl? It, didn't I read something there, that said no, a no lot of people? Of people yeah, like, like I think it was like six or seven million people this year watched the Pro Bowl. But what does that compare to? Well, okay. I should say it this way. Six or seven million people had the Pro Bowl on a television. Yeah, exactly. Which? Uh, eight million viewers on average, according to Mike Freeman yeah. of the NFL. In the yeah. first two rounds of the NBA playoffs in 2018, only averaged 4.9 million viewers. Mm-hmm. Wow. It shows you how big the NFL is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, the the, the NFL deal. is indomitable. You put NFL on it, it's big. Yeah, it's it's not even close. Uh, but regardless, we love the spring game, even though we it do. doesn't really mean anything, even though more often than not we have at least as many questions and probably the exact same amount of answers leaving spring as we do entering spring. But it's fun. It's an opportunity to, to watch some football, to celebrate our compulsive love for football in the spring in the middle of baseball season at the end of basketball season and with that we're going to finally do our spring king segment that we've been teasing you guys about for weeks now we're actually finally going to do it now that the spring game's tomorrow we're going to give just a quick look ahead to what is going to be a fun weekend and especially on the recruiting trail so guys let's jump right in I had Chris on my local show yesterday asking him how he sort of watches the spring and I'll ask you again for uh, a new listening uh, listening audience what is your guys' experience watching the spring game like compared to watching just another football game? Is it more relaxed or are you more dialed in because you're trying to learn a little bit more? Um, I'd say it's a little bit more relaxed, um, especially, man, once you get to the second half, I feel like uh, there's sort of a, you, you almost sort of lose interest, I think, and you can feel the fans sort of lose interest as the second half goes on. But, um, you know, I, I, especially the first half, I try to pay attention to, first of all, for a school that doesn't really put out a lot as far as depth charts and stuff like that, um, granted there will be guys that aren't playing due to injury, but you can kind of start to get a feel who's maybe past who since we started spring, you know, when you see who, who goes out there first, basically. So I, I, first of all, try to get a feel for maybe a depth chart, um, and then I'm watching individuals trying to, especially the guys we haven't seen, the freshmen, the newcomers, guys like that. Uh, that that's always been my focus. You know, the quarterbacks, uh, I think Saturday is what everybody will be focused on. But first chance to see Zach Pickens, I'll be watching that. Kevin Harris, the young running back. So for me, it's more about trying to watch individuals. And, you know, I, I always go back and rewatch the uh, the actual games on TV after the fact. I uh, don't think I'd do that for a spring game. I actually do watch the spring game back because I'm a big dork um, sometimes, you know. Uh, I watch it back. But, no, I, I, I'm generally – it is a little bit more relaxed for me, like Wes said, you know, sort of taking everything in at the beginning. And then if there are any specific things that 
you know, want to see on a rewatch or something that I maybe didn't pay attention to or um, something I may have missed um, just on the on the live watch, sort of go back and, and rewatch that. But um, it, it's not super, super dialed in uh, like on a rewatch or anything where you're maybe trying to pick out some particular things. So we've gone through, I guess, some of the bigger picture stuff, some of the positional stuff in terms of the, the race for the backup quarterback, uh, the running back room, the secondary, things like that. Um, and without going, again, like too big picture, what are maybe some specific matchup specific guys that you're looking for and, and what you're looking to see out of them? Like, are you excited to see Josh Van to see if he's improved his route running? Or are you excited to, you know, see how J.C. Horn lines up at the corner instead of the nickel? Like, what are some of those things, some of the specific uh, things that you're going to be watching for tomorrow? You want to take this one, Chris? I will. Uh, you I mean Big say, Dork? He's I, Big Dork now. <laughs> I would say... Uh, for me, I think it's O-line, D-line. I mean, I think there's going to be a very limited window <coughs> where it's sort of good on good in this game, where it's Jake Bentley, where it's Brian Edwards, where it's, you know, J.C. Horn and Israel McQuamu. I mean, that, some of those guys obviously need reps and they'll all get reps, but um, I don't think we're going to be able to really glean a whole lot from this game when you're in, you know, you're in the second half and you've got – backup receivers working against walk-on cornerbacks. I mean, I don't know if you're going to be able to tell a lot. So for me, it's about the positions that have a little bit more depth and uh, have some questions as to some backup spots or even starters. So for me, that's the O-line and the D-line. You know, there's still a battle going on at center, at right guard. Um, A lot of backup spots, if not starting spots on the defensive line. There's more depth certainly there. Uh, So just curious to get a look at some of the players, you know, whether it's you know, Javon Gwen, Hank Manos, Chandler Farrell, Jordan Rhodes, Eric Douglas on the O-line, and then the defensive line, Pickens, Anderson, uh, Jabari Ellis, Devontae Davis, some of those those newcomers and guys who have, who have been around for a little bit and are looking to take that jump. Dude, I, I think one of the position battles we haven't really even talked about is Aaron Sterling and, and J.J. Yeah. Enigbare at defensive end. Um, you know, I, I when, when Enigbare moved to end, I sort of – I don't know. I, I kind of penciled him in as being the starter there, but it, it seems like Sterling, for the most part, has sort of held him off. I, I know Muschamp mentioned Enigbare having a really good practice the other day when, when Muschamp spoke. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's a good battle, and I think I, I'm kind of excited to see some of these young linebackers. Uh, Ernest Jones, in his second year now, he got a ton of snaps in practice because T.J. Brunson's been out, so a, a chance to see a lot of him, a chance to see Derek Boykins uh you know, live really for the first time. Um, you know, he's a young guy that I think has some upside. So that, that's some other, I guess, position battles or, or spots I'm interested in seeing. What answers do you expect to have after tomorrow? I, I mentioned earlier, you know, oftentimes we leave with more questions than answers. Do you think, I mean, nothing will be resolved because obviously mm-hmm. they go through fall camp and that's when they will set the depth chart. But do you think, at least from the fan perspective, that we will get any clearer picture as to who the backup quarterback is, who the number one running back is, what the starting secondary is going to look like, or what the defensive line rotation is? I I don't think so. Um, but I, I do think, you know, you, you may not be able to win the, the backup quarterback job in the spring game, but I think you can really put yourself in a position to maybe have some momentum Right, going into the offseason, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, th- they're not going to come out and name a starter after the spring game because it's been so close. Dan Warner said they're not even close to naming a number two. But I, I think if, if one of those, that trio of guys, obviously Helensky, Carry on Joyner, 
and Jay Yurick, if one of those tree, you know, one of those guys just comes out and just lights it up, then a the, their their teammates see that too. So uh, you know, you start to maybe gain a little bit of support there, and b I, I think that gives you some confidence going into the off season, and it would be something to build off of. So I, I think it's an opportunity for one of those guys to sort of start to make that move, and then if they can carry it over into the off season, maybe that's the beginning of us kind of finding a winner to that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, Big Dork, what what answers do you expect to get tomorrow? I don't think we're going to get a ton. I think we'll be able to see some some individual improvement and just sort of see some things play out that maybe we've been hearing, you know, like with the quarterbacks, you know, seeing some improvement with on Joyner, seeing um, what we think we'll see out of Ryan Helensky, just being sort of a steady guy, a guy who can make some big-time throws, maybe see some um, – sort of see some of the rotations as to as to how they're handling things and uh, see some flashes from some of the guys and some improvements. But as far as just like, you know, who's the guy going to be? Like Wes said, I mean, just to echo him. The, You're just copying my answer. I'm man. just copying. I mean, who's going to be the backup quarterback? Who's going to be the running back? I mean, th- those are things that there's a reason that, you know, you have spring, then summer, then preseason. I mean, they're going to need some more time to sort all those things out. Who is, who is the one player y'all are most interested in seeing? Ryan Helensky for me. Right. Um, just because I haven't been to any of the, like, even bits of practice that uh, the media has been allowed to see. So I haven't seen him throw a football in person. Um, and unfortunately, I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be up in D.C. So, but, and, uh, but just watching it on TV. And Johnny Dixon isn't here yet. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that would have been, I mean, that's the guy <laughs> yeah, that I'm yeah. most excited to see in the fall. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I think I need to mention in every, another Carolina podcast here to four that Johnny Dixon is my favorite player and he hasn't even stepped on campus yet. But yeah, <laughs> for me, it's Helensky just to, just to see what he looks like, and by all indications, he's been as impressive as advertised uh, physically and, and just in terms of throwing the football. Yeah, no, I mean, not to pull a Chris and just copy your answer, but it would it would probably no, be it's off the table. Helensky. Uh, no, it's, it's gone. No, no. We can only pick, we can only pick who, one guy who once. Who makes the – I'm executive producer. That's true, that's true. I'm, I'm still going to say Ryan Helensky. Chris, who are you most excited to see? Yeah, I mean – uh, that that would be my answer, so I'll just pick another guy and pick to carry on Joiner. Oh, no. Okay, well, let me check. I'm, I'm most excited to see Sedarius Hutcherson at left tackle. Boom. Okay. No one else is picking that. All right. Well, you just picked it. So, yeah, which, so now which, I just want us to all have different. You yeah, know, I, I have this go. problem when I go out to eat with my friends where you I'll be looking, order the same thing as them. I, yeah, I'll be looking <laughs> at the menu. I'm like, oh, I really want that. And then they order first and they get that. And I'm like, damn it. I got to get something else now. <laughs> Um, which is really annoying. Do, do you like now. trade bites? Huh? Well, that's not explicit. <laughs> you can you say trade that in the, bites with, in the Bible. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, with, we're I, yeah. All my friends were it's a good strategy. Yeah, we're sharers. You know, we'll get whatever and, and, and try whatever. But I, I've just also resorted to ordering first, oh, so, that, go, so that, that I can avoid that. Which like, is also hey, difficult for me here. because yep. I'm just a very indecisive person. But Chris, who who are you most excited to see in person tomorrow? Carry on, Joiner. How many times does he have to say it? Just just twice. He already said it once, and then I, thought I, it was I asked three him. Times. That was three times. Three times. Yeah. Okay. Well, the times. first time you just said it twice for no reason. I only had to ask you twice. Uh, to carry oh, on, Joiner, right. Ryan Lewinsky, and Sedarius Hutchinson at left tackle. <clears throat> well, I mean, we've heard a lot about you know his improvement this spring. Um, not that I don't think he's going to come out and look like you know Jake or Ryan Lewinsky in terms of throwing the ball. I don't think that's as much his game. But we we all knew coming in, we knew this is going to be a guy. Leadership ability, intangibles, athleticism, and has sh- showed in high school improvement in throwing the ball and, and knew that he could make those throws, but not as consistent. And we knew 
coming in last year, the decision-making, just learning the offense. Dan Werner spoke some about that on Thursday. Will Muschamp mentioned it last year about talking about Urich and, and Joyner, just wanting those guys to improve with their decision-making. So we've heard good things about all those, and so I just want to see that sort of come together and see how he performs you know, with the keys of the offense. In some ways, I feel like the spring game maybe provides a purer or more pure. Which one is it? More pure or purer? No idea. We'll just say a better opportunity uh, to assess quarterbacks. And obviously, they're not going to really be under pressure. The defense isn't allowed to hit the quarterbacks. No, they, but they will be able to. Are they going to hit the quarterbacks? Yeah, the young, the young quarterbacks will be completely be live. live. But, okay. So okay. there will right. be a pass rush. They will be hit. They will be completely okay. Well, that's live a great football. distinction. I did not know that. That's I'm really if glad you, you brought Gamecock that up. Gamecock Central this huh? week, you would yeah. know. Yeah, I, I can't read all your stuff. There's so, much, there's so much good content. I can't get to it all. Um, there you go. But the good you know, spin job there. Yeah, wasn't that great? That's why that's why I do this. Um but I, I think I think it's probably gonna be easier to assess quarterbacks in a context like this than it is the trenches. And I, I was talking to Coach Kimry about this on, on Jay Phillips show yesterday and and you know, Coach Kimry said no, like the, you know, the, the guys in the trenches are gonna give hundred percent effort. They're gonna be trying. A lot of these guys are battling for starting position, but even knowing that, even having that inside perspective, I just I, I feel like it's easier for quarterbacks receivers and defensive backs to like really go a hundred percent where I'm not saying that the offensive and defensive linemen aren't going to be trying but it's just it's brutal down there you know that they, they try to stay off the ground as much as possible so you're at least eliminating that part of it and I, I think it's impossible or I think it's harder to simulate uh like game action in the trenches than it is on the perimeter and so I, I think that's why it makes sense that we all went with quarterbacks not just because it's the most exciting but I think I think it we will be able to learn more about Helensky and DeKaron Joyner just watching them toss the pigskin around the field than we will necessarily about the linemen until we see them go up against other linemen is that fair I I think so and uh, and clearly the fact that they're making those guys live um says something about their want and need to see them in a situation that really cannot be simulated any other way, I don't think. You know, you can, you know, the seven on seven stuff is, is fine for decision making and um, sort of seeing coverages. And certainly you can, you know, you see quarterback coaches throw, like, throw pads at guys and stuff like that and, and you know, sort of try to distract them and, and hit them, you know, while they're throwing. But to really, truly experience that, you have to be able to do it. And, uh, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see how those guys respond, which the, the, apparently the last two scrimmages they've had in practice, the young guys have also been live and been able to be hit, which, you know, not not all coaches are willing to do that. But I, I think if you're going to get a true evaluation and get some actual experience, it's not the same as a game, but it's much closer than if you were just saying, hey, these guys are going to run at you, but they can't actually hit you. We'll have a full breakdown of all the questions and answer the questions that we get and the answers that we don't get of the spring game, of course, uh, next week, next Thursday when we record another Carolina podcast. Are there any other anything else that you want to mention before the spring game? Uh, the shelf life of this, admittedly, is a little bit short before the game actually starts. Um, but anything else that you guys want to point out that you think will be uh, an interesting storyline as we head into the spring game? Chris is looking at me. I'm looking at Chris, which I think means it's a stare down. No. Which means we got to talk recruiting. We got to talk a That's big right. recruiting weekend. A <laughs> ton of guys be. that are visiting this weekend. And if you want the full list, check that out on Gamecock Central because we're not going to have enough time here to go into all of the guys that are coming to visit. But g- each of you give me two guys that are coming to campus this weekend that you think this is an important visit, and not 
someone that's already committed, so it's just going to be like cursory going through the motions and not someone that has already firmly committed elsewhere, you believe, and this is just sort of, again, like sort of going through the motions, sort of a perfunctory visit. But who do you think this could be a really important visit for? Perfunctory, good word. Yeah. I uh, I will take the obvious first and say uh, Jordan Birch. You know, I think we have to go yeah. into him here in a second. Um, and then I'll say Michael Wyman. Two good ones. I took two really good ones from Okay, well, there, give Chris. me a why. You can't just give me some names. He just hit and run it. Yeah. What are your two? What are your two? My two are, and I'm going through the list. Oh, man, it's really hard to pick. I know there's a lot. Because there's them. some good ones. There's one other one you have to have, I feel like, because he has five stars. Yeah, I mean, Marshawn Lloyd, the running back from Maryland, is a five-star running back, and this will be his second visit to campus, I believe, this year, right? And uh, he's definitely been – this will be his second visit. And he's due in on Friday, uh, recording this on Friday. So he's doing today and staying till Sunday. So spending a couple nights on campus. And uh, Thomas Brown, the running backs coach for Carolina, has done a really good job with that one. And so that's one to watch. Um, great uh, rationale. Great, would, great justification. Thank you. for your pick there. Thank you. I'm getting Chris. there. Okay. All right. Wes is just coming. Uh, back Wes is it. looking at me because he's like, "You weren't supposed to justify yet," but that's okay. No, these people. I, I uh, people. People need to know why. The, well, why these I guys was are more interesting. Saying I was gonna like name the four and yeah, then yeah. Yeah. we're I'm gonna go. We're go still building our chemistry on the right. show. Yeah, we don't um, know each other very. Yeah, well. they just, they just met at the beginning of the yeah. week. Actually, yeah, well, yeah we don't I'm really know. I'm waiting to see if you go with the same guy that I'm. I had the, four in your mind. backup. Okay, Desmond yeah. Tisdall. Okay, be, there you yeah, go. that'd be the other one. And uh, you know that's an important one because that's a guy linebacker out of Georgia. Carolina offered him really early. Got into really good position where Gamecocks almost landed him. Uh, early in the year, and then predictably started picking up more offers. Auburn worked itself into a really good position with him too, and so that's sort of been the primary battle. So getting him back on campus for Carolina for the spring game is is really significant in my opinion and a chance for them to make another move. And no relation to Ashley, correct? No. Okay. Ashley Tisdale of High School Musical fame. Was she in High School Musical? This is Tisdall. Huh? Spelled different. Oh, it is actually spelled differently? It's Tisdall. D A L L D O L D O L. Yeah, just D O L, not D O L L. Nope. Okay. No, well, then no definitely not related L. to Ashley Tisdale. I thought you were just saying it weird. That's no, just my accent from Belton. Belton? <laughs> yeah. Where's Belton? Uh, upstate, right beside Anderson. Okay. Uh, okay. That, I was gonna say because I feel like I know where you're from, but I guess yeah. you've, in the past you've just told me you were from Anderson. I am. And not I'm gone into the Belton part of it. And, yeah. I really didn't think we'd get any high school musical references. <laughs> I didn't either. I, today's. Well, the, yeah, the over-under was definitely a half. I used and Belton when, the over. when I'm making fun of myself for how, like, Southern or redneck tendencies or whatever, then I, I go with Belton to justify it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the poor people of Belton only get credit hey, with their I'm, names I'm being dragged there. through I'm, the mud. I'm not, yeah, hey. Wait, so you're saying when you're doing great, you're you're giving Anderson credit? No, <laughs> and when things me. are going south... No. No, oh. trust me. There's trying some to, other things I could pin on the Anderson side of me. Trying as well. to get him in trouble. Yeah, and I think I did. I think I did. I can I can hear the angry listeners in Belton right now. I think Belton's <sighs> a wonderful place. I've never been there, it, but I'm it sure is. it's and beautiful it's and charming. Nice place. Yeah, great people. If Chris is any indication, people. Wesley, I'm the justify worst your picks. I mean, it's Jordan Birch. Like that's. I mean, dude. Ev- yeah, everybody why is this, yesterday. Why is this pick for him? Everybody yesterday was <laughs> talking about Jordan Birch. To me, this has become like the recruitment that everybody even if you're not a huge recruiting fan it, this has started to spread over into the more casual fan and like I think, clowny or something yeah and well sorta. ryan helinski i mean we always yeah. joked last year that if we wanted people to click on a story it just needed to have ryan helinski in the title 
yeah. because Ryan Holinsky folds a blanket. Because well, <laughs> people would probably click. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, how, which way did he fold it? Was yeah, it was right. it a fitted sheet or was it more you know more of an actual? Oh, you blanket? can't fold a fitted so, sheet. You just um, cram that in the closet. Ryan Holinsky probably could <laughs> fold one. I think he probably could. But um, <laughs> he does everything else well. This is gonna well. turn into like Chuck Norris jokes. Yeah. So, um, but no, this is this is the recruitment right now from a media standpoint and from a fan base standpoint that sort of has everything. You have a, a five-star guy that is, what do we have, a number 13 in the nation now? So yes. highly recruited. Local kid, he's going to school at Hammond in Columbia. Shout out my own And Lottie. South Carolina helps. versus Clemson. Dabo versus Muschamp. Um, both schools really want him. So the fact that if it ends up following through where he's on campus Saturday, that'll be three weeks in a row that Jordan Birch will have been in Columbia. Chris, we had the discussion on the board of if Jordan Birch went to Clemson this weekend. This is before it looked like he was going to be in Columbia. Did, did that mean anything? Or what did that mean? And I think the consensus was, well, he's been at South Carolina two weekends in a row. If he's at Clemson, then it's just sort of, you know, he's checking out both schools. But then we were talking even before it, it happened, what if he's back at South Carolina, meaning – three weekends in a row. Do you read into that and how much? I mean, if a guy visits anywhere three straight weekends, even if he lives in Columbia, that's pretty significant. I mean, you're talking about, you know, you're talking about, sorry, I seriously had a cramp in my hamstring. You got a stretch, man. I did. You did? This morning you stretched? Yeah, I played soccer this morning. I, I thought stretched. you played on Friday. Oh, it's Friday. It is Friday. It's Friday. <laughs> oh, how'd it go? We normally uh, pretty well. Good. Good. Thank I'm you. never going to play with you, but I appreciate the outstanding invitation. It's just too early, but I want to. We'll do it sometime. I yeah. thought I'll Chris a later was game. about to die. Yeah. I, like, he had this look on his face for about a half second <sighs> where it looked like, like he it just was, ran out of like oxygen. Like it was over. Like it was <laughs> it, done. It, it, popped, it, popped, it popped pretty bad on me there. I don't know. That was weird. That's old age right there. Oh, what? A 32-year-old hammy? Yes. Good grief. It's an old hammy. All right. Anyway. So, but, you know, even if a kid lives in Columbia, if you visit three weekends in a row, it's pretty significant. I mean, because then you're, you know, past two weekends, okay, you know, you, Carolina's got practice going on. Alex Huntley's on campus, too. Um, but so one of those visits was just sort of like you just sort of show up. The other one he's expected. Now it's you're picking between Clemson and South Carolina. Obviously, Clemson wants Birch at their spring game. It's a big Sort of with the success they've had, sort of become a big, big event for them, you know. And certainly, it's a, it's definitely a a big recruiting weekend for them too, with some of the guys that they've got coming. They got a lot of talent getting on their campus too this weekend. And they so, get like eighty thousand people to go to their spring game. It's ridiculous. It's a lot. Well, I mean, when you, you know, when you do what they've done lately, I mean, yeah. That's, that's sort but I mean, even that before that, like I remember, I remember Brent because he grew up in Georgia talking about how big that thing always was, and I mean, they're all, I mean, people tailgate for it, right? And I mean. Spring game is big pretty much anywhere in the SEC except for Vanderbilt. You remember when they didn't have it two years ago? By the way, that was funny. Um, oh, yeah, that's that was, right. That was awesome. That was really. Um, bad. And then I think they're. I think they have to have it now. I think it's. I think it's mandated by the conference that they have ah. the spring game now. I think I remember reading that. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Um, but yeah, it's incredible how many people they have there. Yeah. He's choosing, you know, Carolina, and and so I think that's significant. And um, you know, I, I think people. Yeah, I've noticed this, Wes. I mean. Which I'm not. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but you know, people are sort of now, I guess, coming around to the idea that South Carolina 
has ha- has a good chance with Birch, which is sort of something that been indicating. Um, I think yeah. there's just been so much stuff going around about Clemson. I think people have had a hard time believing it. And two really different recruitments, but I think a lot of people thought that Zach Pickens was going to be a Clemson lot because he lived in Anderson 20 minutes away. Was he also from Belton? Uh, he was, he's not. I so think he's from he's, Anderson proper. He's, he's Anderson proper. Okay. And, um, you know, and then you got Georgia really close. Both those schools wanted him, and so people just sort of wrote him off with the success Clemson was having. And it was, no, Carolina's, you know, got a really good shot with him. And, and that sort of, as time went on, became more and more apparent. And so I think we're seeing that with Birch. We, we don't know yet what he's going to do for sure. Uh, by any means, um, it's still going to be a battle, however long it goes on. But I think this just illustrates that point that South Carolina is right in there. Um, let's go down this rabbit hole, though. First of all, do you and and for those who like haven't really been following very closely, not much information gets out of his camp, which I think is part of the reason. You know, there's a lot of Clemson speculation for months, but how much of that was truly accurate, and how much you know was more people reading tea leaves and stuff like that, um, you know, I think is a question worth, worth asking because some of these kids, it's, e- it's fairly easy to get information. With Birch, very close to the vest. Nobody truly knows, I, I don't think, you know, what's going on. But first of all, could you see a scenario where he goes ahead and just gets gets this thing over with in the next couple of months? Because we, we've seen – we've seen – to me, it's a trend right now, prospects who just want to be done with all this junk before their senior years start. Yeah, I, I, could, I just I get that, that vibe. I don't know. It's more of a gut feeling from doing this for a long time. I don't know that it's going to go, like, super to February. Long. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I almost think that would be a little bit more – make it a more difficult pull for Carolina. I mean, not that it's easy right now, but if he waited it out – but mm. I could see that. I mean, some of the sort of scuttlebutt has been, and and that and that is is really all that it is. Um, maybe a little bit more than scuttlebutt. Whatever a level higher than that would be. Pearson, mm. you come up with a word. Um, I like that. I like that word though. Yeah, come up with a level above that, and we'll We're go with that. Above but I, that that he may do something this summer, but you never know. I mean, a guy could just be like, look, you know. I mean, they don't. He doesn't do a lot of interviews. He's not a big limelight guy. His family's not big into the limelight or the attention that comes with recruiting. And um, if they find a place and they feel comfortable with it, then then I could definitely see that lesson. Do you feel like Ballyhoo is a level above Scuttlebutt? Or is that on the same level? Mm, I thought that was a different type of word. Isn't that more of like... Um, is Ballyhoo well, maybe more like tomfoolery? Ballyhoo. Like a Ballyhoo to recruit is like a big time, right? Uh, Somebody that there's much Ballyhoo about. Maybe. Extravagant publicity or fuss. So yeah, so right. so fuss. Wait for for Ballyhoo. For Ballyhoo. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that that might be equivalent to scuttlebutt. I'll keep I'll keep workshopping it over here while y'all talk about interesting um, things. Yeah, you workshop that. But uh, the other the <laughs> other side, and if it happens, obviously we'll talk about this uh, a ton. But what would a commitment of Jordan Birch actually mean for South Carolina at some point? Whenever it. It, yeah, whenever it would, did happen, right? Yeah, you're it, just saying in general. At yeah. any time, I mean, you know, you'll take him on Valentine's Day, like Clowney. <laughs> like Clowney you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Just I can't help but think if you could pair up a guy like Zach Pickens, who actually has played more inside this spring, mm-hmm. maybe than I anticipated, even though we knew that was a possibility. But then 
with him and Birch and some of the other guys that are starting to get on the defensive line. To me, Birch is sort of that, um, and I'll, I'll throw a guy like Desmond Evans in there as well, the yeah. highly recruited kid from North Carolina that's an edge rusher. You had either of those two guys to what they're already sort of getting on the defensive line. To me, this would be like the next level of pass rusher, and you're starting to talk about a true, not just a people like to say, oh, is this an SEC-quality defensive line? I, I think they've recruited well enough we can say that already, but this would start to put them more towards that upper echelon yeah. of the SEC on paper type uh, defensive line. For sure, and we've seen their, you know, the body types up front for them start changing under Muschamp and, and building more depth and building the kind of guys that they want to bring in on the defense, what they look for, and just the athletic traits with big guys that can move. And um, so you would be adding a great player for sure, um, someone who has a lot of upside who can really, really move um, and and by all accounts is an NFL talent, you know, at, at, at one point or another. This is a guy who could be an NFL tight end, you know, and you're talking about playing him on defense. Um, not only that, but it's also it's an attention getter in recruiting. I mean, you, you it has to be said that that was the same deal with Zach Pickens. It was an attention getter for South Carolina to land him, given the other schools that were chasing him, where those programs are at, where he was located geographically, where South Carolina's programs at relative to those others. That was a big get, and so that would be it would be two straight five stars from in state that South Carolina won head to head battles on. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. We've seen that script before. And it worked out well the last time that yeah. happened for Carolina when when Spurrier was at the height of his recruiting recruiting prowess. You know, everyone talks about it's about winning the state, and then kind of got away from that. And then it seemed like the discussion was was less about that and more about recruiting nationally in the same way that Clemson and Georgia and Alabama do. But uh, you know, the first part of that is making sure you get those guys in state. So no question uh, that that Birch is going to be huge this weekend. Who was your other pick, by the way? Michael Wyman, um, four star receiver out of Dudley High, Greensboro, North Carolina, and. This one is on the list because, A, he's been a huge priority target for South Carolina, and, B, uh, you know, this will be the last time he's on campus prior to announcing on April the 16th. So, um, you know, Chris, I I think we both feel really good about where Carolina is as far as his recruitment. Um, I look at this sort of as, like, the final step, um, you know, to Carolina potentially landing him on his announcement date. Yep, announcing in April – um, he's got a couple official visits, and one of them being South Carolina before his announcement. But um, are y'all going to be there at his announcement? Been to campus multiple times, and they're in good shape. He's officially before his. After you're right. After. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So y'all are or are not going to be there? We will be there. You will be there. Okay, great. Like this we, is so weird because yeah, we one of my coworkers right? texted me and wanted <laughs> sure. to be. He knew he knew <laughs> that y'all were in the building and that we were doing this, and he just texted me and said, "Are y'all uh, covering Wyman's ceremony?" And I was like, are you standing at the door, like, listening to this? Because, like, he texted me as soon as you said Wyman's name. So that was really weird. Is that um, who's playing all that music behind not, us? No, no, that's not. That's uh, Hey, we work in a radio station. It's a, it's a loud place with a lot of music going on no, all the time. No. No um, yeah, we'll be there. All right. Excellent. Sometimes we well keep done. that, like, secret. but I don't, I don't. Okay, well, we can we can edit this out. That's no, the beauty of a no, podcast. We'll be there. <laughs> um, also should bring up, before we move along to our Spring Kings segment, um, and, and let you guys wrap up uh, your last couple of recruiting thoughts. The first definition of scuttlebutt is a cask on shipboard to contain fresh water for a day's use. The second definition is a drinking fountain on a ship or at a naval or marine installation. And then the total like secondary definition is rumor or gossip. So um, now we know the origin of this word. It is maritime, and that's cool. What, what kind of board was it? Shipboard. Shipboard. Okay, I have a, I have a story. 
I would like to tell. Please. So <laughs> that remind when you said the word bored, and we we're talking about vocabulary. <laughs> I've I been thought you were so focusing bored on the ship. this whole show. When I was in, <laughs> let me think of what grade. I think I was in third grade. Okay. Good and year. Where is this going? And you I won my education that year, and I won my school's spelling bee. Wow! Like what? in the school, what was the last word iridocyclitis? It was not. Okay. I don't remember. It's probably a lot easier than that. So I went on to the district-wide <laughs> spelling bee, and um, this is in Belton. <laughs> this is in Anderson. Anderson. <laughs> no, he went. He went big on this one. <laughs> and so it was district-wide. And so basically, when you go district wide, you take, I, th- I think it was like first grade to eighth grade or something like that. But I remember that, that the, so I get to districts and I get to the, the, the last, I'm one of the last two. So it's me and this girl who I think is in like eighth grade. Oof. So she's a lot older and definitely a lot smarter than me. But, um, and I've still got this on VHS back home. So this is a real David and Goliath story we're telling right. here. You're in third grade, you said? I think I was in third grade. Or I was in fifth. Either way, she was like three to five grades ahead. Of okay, me. and you were definitely in an odd number grade. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and so third or fifth. I mean, this fourth. thing was a big deal, y'all. Like the, the people, like my teachers came. Obama one was of there. them gave me a. Uh, <laughs> one of them gave me afterwards, um, like a, a a bank like a. Well, don't tell us what they gave you because that spoils the story. Tell us what happened when you had to spell a word. Okay, so I spelled a lot of words successfully. Like what? I don't remember. Okay. I remember the word I lost on, which is what I'm Wait, bringing d- up. Spoiler! I know. Dude, you know how to construct a story better than this. Come on. So, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to bury the lead too badly. So, we we get Barry's to the final... getting so mad. We get to the, final, the, the final word, okay, and you said the word board, and it made me think of it for some reason. They give me a word, and it's buckboard. <laughs> buckboard, you know, which is like... Oh, yeah, buckboard. And so... You need to use that in a sentence. <laughs> I can I looked it up on in, in the dictionary because I did not know what it was even until to this day until I looked it up. Like the today, is, yeah, today an oh, open wow. four wheeled horse drawn carriage with seating that is attached to a plank stretching between the front and rear axles. Hmm. So buckboard. I asked the dude who was you know saying the words to repeat it, use it in a sentence, blah blah blah. Country of origin. And and I'm embarrassed to say this, but I literally thought he said buttboard. <laughs> B U T T. And so even <laughs> after I got him it. to say it, you know, you know how the guy pronounced book, you know, he's yeah. like real. And, and so I think I spelled it like B-U-T-T-B-O-A-R-D. <laughs> At least you and I got B-U-T-T-B-O-R-E-D. And then the girl did whatever word she got after that, she got it correct and I lost. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Because of butt board. Butt board. <laughs> Stupid butt board. But I got, but I got a, uh, my teacher gave me like some money, you know, what are these things called where you get. You can gift card? Cash them in. <laughs> no, you can cash them in like later. It was like a people don't really use them anymore. A CD like a certain- no, it wasn't a CD either. A bond. It was a bond. There you go. Wow. You handed out bear bonds in third or fifth grade. That's right. Wow. Baller. That's crazy. All right. So here's your chance at redemption. Your word is shipboard. 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 <laughs> no, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> don't put any T's in this word. <laughs> Would you like? Me to use it in a sentence. Shipboard is S H I P B O A R D. Oh, right. nice. Okay. Congratulations. You won the spelling bee. We'll find out who uh, whoever won that, that eighth <sighs> grader, who I guess would be now a couple years older than you, and we will go take that medal from her. And maybe she sells this bearer bond. I'm going to look her up one day and send yeah, her a message don't, and say that bonds for you. she stole my, my chance at a $100 instead of $50. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's twice as much. Yeah. You could have bought That's twice as many Starbursts.
Did you buy them? Did you spend them on Starburst? Nah. I don't know what I spent it on. It was a long time ago. Do you have any more thoughts on any of the recruits coming in this weekend? I I don't think so. Do you? Marsh, I, I'm 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 interested. It's going to be really interesting. You know, people ask us, are people is anybody going to commit? I don't know. Like nobody's imminent. I wouldn't say, but they can definitely uh, move up for some guys. I'm really intrigued. You know, Marshawn Lloyd, contender pretender type of thing. That's the one where I want to see because I mean, obviously Tank Bigsby, who's not going to be on campus this weekend, but um, big priority. But South Carolina may take two running backs. They need to add some running back talent regardless. So second time Lloyd's visited, can they make a move for a big running back? By the way, worth mentioning, we will be, what, Charlotte on Sunday for Rivals Camp Series. So we'll have a lot of recruiting updates from that Sunday and then throughout the week. As well, yeah, so it should be a pretty good. If people listening are like recruiting uh, fans, then I don't think we've talked about it even on the board. So be on the lookout for that next week, and probably talk about it some on the podcast too. Exactly. All right, guys, this is what people have been tuning in the last three or four weeks. I guess we haven't done a podcast the last couple of weeks, but ever since spring football practice started, people have been eagerly awaiting a oft-promised segment, and we're going to deliver today. It's time for y'all to unveil your spring kings. We wanted you to go back into the annals of South Carolina football history and chronicle the most memorable, the greatest performances in the history of the South Carolina spring game in eager anticipation of somebody's name being added to that list tomorrow. Can we make predictions on who's going to have the best spring game tomorrow as well? Sure. That sounds good. I also you have make a trivia question. Who's going to win? The garnet or the white or the black or the whatever. Whatever they call them. Yeah. Um, I have a trivia question, and I've also, not only are we going to have some spring kings, but if the board will vote on this, um, I also have the greatest spring game of all time. Perfect. This yeah. fits right in. Give me the trivia question first. Trivia question. I believe the year was 2010, um, but I'll even give you a, a, a hint. You know how usually they, Spurrier would have a celebrity Mm-hmm. come off the bench right? Uh, to catch the pass, the touchdown pass. So the player who did it, I believe it was in 2010, was not Scott Spurrier. That was, he was my first thought. He was 2008. Okay. Who was the player that came off the bench? 2010. And, and he's not the only player, so you could say another one and be right. But there's one I'm thinking of. That's part of the challenge you have to get inside my head and predict. Any, and any guesses of, to who it might be tomorrow? That's a good one. Yeah, I don't know. I have it. I I have it. Who is it? Oh, tomorrow. Yeah, I oh. I know. I, but it's a secret. No, no. I, You're gonna say it. I, I, this is just a guess. It's not okay, me who is it? spoiling it. It's who, just a guess. Who is it? Pastides. Oh, final, final uh, year. Wow. Uh, president. Good thought. Good thought. That's a good it's got it. It's got to be him. God, I hope he catches it. He's definitely gonna he'll, drop it. He'll catch it. <laughs> <He's> no. <definitely, laughs> Y'all were so confident. No, well, that's, that's usually a, a, it's usually a long pass. You know, they don't they don't they don't no, run he, that play from the five. They run it from like the forty. I think they'll run it from about the fourteen yard line, and it'll be a reverse pass or something, and then Pastides will catch it in the corner. Sounds no like problem. Knows he's gonna spike it. That's really. He'll specific. definitely make a big show about it. Um, As he should. Him. Yes. That's that's uh, a good call. I hope they do that. So it's a current a current player. No, no. I mean not not a current. I meant at the time it was a current player. Oh yeah, this wasn't yeah like it was a, a player. Mm-hmm. All right, in 2010, it's 2010. Okay, so that that was SEC East Championship season. 
Um, so to get everybody on what team that was, that was right. Garcia's quarterback. So Lattimore. About, give me Seth Strickland. There's not Seth Strickland. Did he throw it? Do you know? Who I threw don't know. It? I don't know who threw it. Andrew Clifford. I want a backup quarterback. It was not Andrew Clifford. Yeah, I'm talking about who called it. I don't know who threw it. Oh, okay. to be honest with you. Oh man. It's a good trivia question. You're not gonna get. I don't know. It. I'll just tell you. Is it? Hold on. Is it a scholarship? <laughs> no. Play. Okay. Walk on. Bryce Sherman. Oh, that was a decent guess. No. Similar height. Small guy. Uh. You're not gonna get. But Marty not Marquette. Scott, not Scott Spurrier. It's also similar height, but no. Um. I really want to get this, but I feel like so a we, short walk on. Yep, a, like a very short walk on, not just like a had normal experience at DB. Started his career at DB, moved over to wide receiver, played special teams. Um, actually played in some games here and there, a little bit on special teams mainly. Oh man! All right, just tell us. Should I just say it? Yeah, this is running. Cedric first. Sneed. Wow. Oh, yes. everyone's gonna get that from Garner, North Carolina. There you go. Did he kind of flip into the end zone? I don't know. I'm gonna say that I he remember did. That hmm. we can say that. I think I think he did. Cedric, if you're listening, confirm, confirm that for me, confirm. buddy. Confirm. <laughs> Good flip. Good flip, Cedric. I think he flipped into the in the end zone and kind of botched the landing. Hmm. But I may have. I don't know. Well, if he botched the landing, then I think that. That will keep him off of our list of greatest spring performances, even though sounds like he probably had, like, I, I don't know this, but I would imagine that he had, like, all of his spring game catches went for touchdowns, so that's a pretty good record. But we'll start with Wesley. Oh, no. No, okay, we'll start with Chris. No, we can start with me. Okay. Now, what are we, Who is what are we going for here? Who is your spring king, the greatest spring game performance in the history of South Carolina? Um, I'm going to go Lou Holtz. Era. Who? Nice. Taki Muhammad. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't know his numbers, but I he... got him. <laughs> Chris is so prepared for <laughs> he this. He caught like I want to say fifteen passes <laughs> yeah. in the spring game yeah. for like three touchdowns and a hundred and fifty yards. I have one. I have one year of his stats. I don't know if it was. Um, there may have been multiple spring games, but I did. I did dig up one in two thousand three. Very ill-fated year. But he had seven catches for 149 yards. Wow. That's pretty good. That's outstanding. Any touchdowns? I did not indicate on my notes here that were mm. written okay. many That's weeks okay. ago. It's still a really really strong outing. Yeah, a and, solid and outing. And he had moved from DB to receiver for that spring, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he did some. Yep, that's correct. I remember reading that. He moved back and forth. There you go. That's great. Good that's pull. a deep cut. That's excellent. There's so Chris, many. What's your nomination? Do you, do you have a good There's one? Do so you want to go next? No, I have no idea. I don't know. I mean, like, I could, I could probably think of some, but I, I, I you wanted, th- you've been so excited about this. Yeah, because no. you guys are encyclopedias for this kind of he stuff. He knew I did all the research. Encyclopedia so for this kind of stuff. I think that's the, plural, the correct plural of encyclopedia. I didn't mail it in. I just, I wanted to leave it to the experts. Give me, give me, give me, a, cu- give me right. a couple like. Can I get we're, receiving? We're votes? going really long on this. Yeah. Uh, no, this by is the good. way, I, I'll extend it even farther. I do have to give a shout out. Yeah, one give of us our some, listeners, some notable one of our download listeners, oh, okay. which everybody's going to listen to this on download today. Um, he'll be listening to it on Saturday. My buddy Michael, 
Sub is Mike? currently, as he's listening to this, running his first half marathon oh, at cool. Disney. Wow. Um, grief. That's so far. That's a lot of running. He's running uh, we, we run together on Friday mornings. Um, not that far, for, luckily for me. But he is running a half marathon, and uh, hope he's doing well. And Incredible. And our uh, dulcet tones are entertaining him. This is uh, 13.1 yeah. miles. That's it. He's done one before. This is his first time ever doing one. This is his first half. He's done five Ks and stuff like that. And, um, he's 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 been. He's is he going to get the thirteen point one sticker? I don't know. I'll ask him. Because um, if he doesn't, did he even run it? <laughs> exactly. I mean, you definitely have to tell um, yeah. that you've done it. But yeah. Anyway, so and I, I got shoot, no by the time for that. by the time we finish this podcast, we'll probably be done with the thing. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fast. Pretty long. It's going to run the whole thing in an hour. No, I don't. Oh, think I guess so. he started before us. What's a good time on a? We tried to calculate that, man. I can't remember what hour he and said. A half? I well, can't let's remember just say if we a five minute mile for thirteen miles. <laughs> <laughs> That's li- people run like a five minute mile for like the Boston Marathon. Oh yeah, like, how do you do that? Yeah. Now, if you ran a seven minute mile, no, let's not do that because that's ridiculous. Let's say a nine minute mile for thirteen point twenty minute miles. That'd be two hours. Okay. Cool. Well, good luck, Michael. We hope that um, we hope by this point in your run, if you started at the beginning, that you're still yeah. And with we, us. we hope that when you're listening to this, that your legs still aren't sore. Yeah, <laughs> which I'm sure will be <laughs> or the aren't case. sore yet. Yeah, yeah, or even yeah. Um, give me some some okay. notable some notables that aren't going to be your pick. For, for first, I would game. like to, if you don't mind, if the board agrees, I would like to n- mention the greatest spring game of all time. And then I would like to, like, I'm as, as, one, a, as like the whole game, the whole game, okay, yeah. greatest game of all time, all right. because of the figures involved. And then maybe I'll go through some, um, I'll go through some spring kings. I'll I'll try to pick one, but there yeah. are just so many good performances, okay. man. And I put yeah. the stuff together, so I need to yeah. mention them. Yeah, yeah, give give us give us the, all right, the, give us the of all of The greatest spring game of all time is in 2009. Stephen Garcia, we confirmed, did play in that spring game. Um. 30 to 14, Garnet Top Black. So listen to these standouts here, okay? Steven Garcia, who obviously did some good things at Carolina, 13 of 20 for 144 yards and two touchdowns in that spring game. Solid. Another couple top performers here. Jarvis Giles. Wes, you know his stats that year? I don't. 114 yards on 12 carries wow. and two touchdowns. Joe Hills. Five Joe catches, Hills. 75 yards, a touchdown. Okay. All right, then. Um, Reed McCollum threw a 70. Somerville. Somerville. Threw a 70-yard pass to Stephen Flint. Wanda. Noted in the game story that it was called back because he ran off the sideline. Oh, Okay. <laughs> All right, McCollum also connected with Jason Barnes on a 15-yard pass. Mm. Wesley Saunders he wore number four. had some catches. Now coaching at uh, Dutch Fort. That's correct. Has a really good group of receivers there. Does a really nice job. This is why I, I didn't even want to try to get in on this because this is impressive to watch. Eric Baker had a 35-yard rush. Reggie Bowens had eight tackles. Garcia to Mo Brown for nine yards. I mean, it, there's just no shortage. I remember, it's the of all I time. remember implementing, uh, not implementing. I remember inputting by hand all of these people into NCAA football that year. That's <laughs> how I know them. 
So I was a psychopath in 2009. <laughs> and Landing Spencer had a field goal. Spencer Landing? Mm-hmm. Let's call him Landing Spencer. Landing Spencer. That's what Spurrier That's what called, Spurrier called him. him. Really? From York Comprehensive High School. <laughs> That's all I've got on that. But anyway, that was the greatest spring game of all time, that in is my a good humble one. opinion. 2009. And I love how, how it's become... Uh, I don't know. Like everyone's, it, it's it's the Mandela effect, is what it is. Everyone's collective memory has canonized the apocrypha that Stephen Garcia never played in a spring game, and he in fact played in two. And everyone, yeah, j- has just agreed that he never played in any, which is hilarious. I thought I've even seen Garcia say that he never played in a spring game. Yeah, well, I he mean, might I, not I, remember either <laughs> the spring games. <laughs> All right, give me your spring kings. Let's go through the list. Give me some notable. You some got Chris. notable performances. All right, I'm gonna run through them like that like, are uh, not like, like worthy like of the Fritzy crown. from Dan Patrick when he does mock headlines. Yeah, and exactly. Just, and goes through them fast. All right, um, Yvonne Benag, six tackles, one sack in 2006. Oh. He's a high uh, school coach now too, I think, in Georgia maybe. Or he that? was a Good few pull. years ago. Very nice, great guy. Yvonne's a great guy. Corey Boyd. I mean, does that count? No, we'll, we won't do Corey. He did some good things. Um, Freddie Brown. Four catches, 75 yards, two touchdowns in 2006. Freddie to also played. Yeah, I wanted him to be like a real deep threat so he could be downtown Freddie Brown, which is already like an occupied nickname, um, but that's just so you good. just give it to him. Yeah, yeah I mean, it. when you're named Freddie Brown, you have to either go downtown a lot or <laughs> shoot a lot of threes or catch a lot of long passes, just something that could earn you the nickname downtown Freddie Brown because that's just great. <sighs> oh, man. Okay, Caleb Chalmers, eight tackles in 2017. 2008, Matt Clements, five catches for 68 yards. Uh, we already mentioned Jarvis Giles. Carlton Hurd, three catches for 46 yards in 2015. Also had one of the most famous plays in Carolina history, blocked the punt down in the swamp. That uh, was the really the last game for or the last game where Muschamp was officially the head coach. He coached through finished the regular season, but that game, 2005, Devon Hill, five catches, 100 yards. Remember that. Kenny Irons had 19 for 99 in 2003. Then transferred to Auburn, played against the Gamecocks. All right, here's some more. Jimmy Legree, two picks in 2011. He was a good player for Carolina, starter, but still. Uh, Brandon McElwain was 18 for 22, 145 yards, two touchdowns in 2016. Here's a good one. Savelle Newton, who was obviously a very good player at Carolina. But this this is just worth noting. It's a really good game. He had 277 passing yards, two touchdowns, and also rushed for 71 in 2004. Jeez. Brendan Nosevich, 11 for 15, 146, two touchdowns in 2013. Sidney Rhodes had 12 tackles in 2013 and played on both teams. So that is pretty awesome. Keel Pollard had eight for 91 in 2017. Dawn Staley had a 30-yard touchdown catch. Does it note that she also came off the sideline? No, nope, we don't. We just say that she caught it. She okay. just got open and caught it. Cade Thompson, 10 for 13, 136, two touchdowns in 2006. Let me see if I got any more. Um, that's going to about do it. But let, let me give one that was not so good, and he was a good player at Carolina for the most part. Had some good games. Blake Mitchell. This was an interesting performance. 2007, he was 13 of 39 for 150 yards and two picks. So that was not a good game for Blake. Yeah, maybe Blake's just spring not good game. at spring games. Was that was that the day that the quarterbacks combined to throw like seven hundred picks? I think so. Yeah. I'd have to go back. Was that and look, the season I, that started with Carolina throwing a million picks? Like Tommy Beecher and all those guys just sort of like rotating in and out, and they threw like five or six picks in the first half. Beecher had the was it 
four against NC State. Yeah. And Carolina still, like, they whipped won. him. Yeah. I mean, whipped him. It that wasn't was, even close. Was that the start of the 2008 season? So, was that so, – okay, so they were in the spring before. Those quarterbacks just love to throw interceptions in the 2008. Okay. You're right, Wes. Tommy Beecher, 10 of 22, 106 yards, four picks. And Carolina won – Thirty-four to nothing. Well, Chris Smelly <laughs> came off the bench and was like throwing dimes, dude. Well, but he threw a, a pick or two as well because I, I really think they Not, had five interceptions in the first half, didn't they? Against there, State? Was a thir- there was a third quarterback that played as well. No, Sm- no Smelly. Smelly was on fire five that of day. five and two two touchdowns. Okay, who, yeah. wait, there was another quarterback that played in that game, though, right? Or was it just the two? This, this just says just the two. Okay, all right. Thirty-four to nothing when you throw four picks in one half. Yeah, with. Who was the quarterback for NC Russell State? Russell Wilson. With Russell Wilson yep. as their quarterback. Carolina Back beat them both years at NC State. Russell Wilson was one for five in that oh, game. I must have. Daniel Evans appears he, to have been the starter. He was four of 12 and two They threw picks. 13 passes and lost 34 to nothing? They threw 20 passes total. Who threw the other side? Daniel Evans, Russell Wilson, and Harrison Beck. Jeez. But the next year, wasn't Russell Wilson... I think next, next year he was. Yeah. It was like seven like to nothing or ten, 10 to, to seven, or seven to three or something. Seven yeah. to three. I think it was seven to three. Devin Taylor bought a punt, and NC State was driving at the end, and Stephon Gilmore batted down the pass. That's right. Look at that. And then Russell Wilson went to Wisconsin, and then was a baller in the NFL. But somehow he, he only scored him. three points against Carolina. Yeah. That that thirty-four to nothing. That's one of the strangest Carolina games in history. Yeah, that's weird. That that and the the game in 2012 where Carolina went down to the swamp and lost 44 to 11, and Florida did next to nothing on offense and won by 33. It was a weird game. Yeah, I remember that because I I think Florida had more points than yards at one point in that game, like at halftime. Maybe. Oh yeah, Carolina just they started with a a turnover. They dialed up a like a, a nickel blitz on mm-hmm. the first play, fumbled. Florida punched it that's in. Brutal. I remember exactly where I was watching that game too. Hmm. That was weird. Um, all right, so of all those wonderful performances that you just mentioned, the Blake Mitchell outing notwithstanding, which one of those do you nominate as your spring king? That is a really tough one. We got we got dead air. Who had 12 tackles one year? That was Sidney Rhodes. He had 12 tackles for like playing for both teams. That, that's, that's, really, that's a really good one. That's a that's very really, strong entry. That's a strong one. Um Man, I don't know. Jarvis Giles, just because. The change be, of pace back that never was, unfortunately. You'd be tempted to give it to him 12 for 117 and two touchdowns. That's really good, too. You know? And I'm sure one of those was, was a long one. Does it have a long next to his? Yeah, I know he had a 39-yard carry okay. in that game. Because he was fast. He was really oh, fast. Oh, he could definitely. He could move. Yeah, he could move. No doubt about it. All right, so you're going, you're going with Jarvis Giles or Sidney Rhodes? I'm going to go with Giles just Giles. to appease the masses okay. because everybody loves Jarvis Giles. I know, he's stories. awesome. I, I I will, I don't know. I just, I always liked him for like no real reason other than he was just cool. Actually, it was because he balled out in NCAA for me because again, <laughs> like that was like, I guess that would have been NCAA 2009. How much of your childhood was based around the NCAA Most of it. football game? Most of it, yeah. Most I mean, of it. Yeah. Well, like what else, you know, you watch football. When you're a teenager, you watch football, you play NCAA, you go to school. What else, what else did y'all do? Well, I, mean, I guess y'all didn't have NCAA growing up because you're old, but yeah, we, oh, had, we, did. we had NCAA oh, yeah. growing up. Definitely. Well, then uh, you know what I'm talking about. Will that game ever come back in any form? Yes. Think so? Yeah, but it won't return to its glorious heights, unfortunately. Actually, fortunately, for the sake of productivity for Americans everywhere. Would you buy it the day it came out? 
Uh, yeah, yeah. If if for no other reason than just like the intrigue, even though I would, I'm I'm certain it wouldn't be that good, not as good as it was, unfortunately. And, and also, like I'm not 16 anymore, so it probably just wouldn't be as fun for me to sit there for six hours and like manually input everybody's name. Um, but I love that stuff. That's you don't have to do that anymore because yeah, well, exactly. You, you just download, download, download them it now, right? Yeah, let somebody else do. But that, that was part of work. the fun of it. You know, that was like getting. That was like how I would get ready for football season. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's what you do in the in the long, long, slow days of summer. Um, all right, who do y'all think is uh, going to be the player of the game tomorrow? So I was going to say Keel Pollard, but I think part of that was because because he bought out him, two years ago. Had in my mind, yeah. he was great yeah. last year. <laughs> uh you know what? I'm gonna go Kevin Harris hmm. because That's a good I pick. I think okay, he's a young guy, so he'll play a bunch. They'll probably get the older backs out of there. Rico Daddle's been limited. They probably won't play mine a lot. Um, Sean Fenwick could maybe have a big day too. But I I think freshmen they'll leave him in there a lot. His hard running style against what will be like second and third teamers by the end of the game I think lends itself to Kevin having some stats. Kevin Harris. Kevin Harris is Chris? my pick for. I'm gonna pick a defensive player. I'm gonna go with Ernest Jones. Mm. He's gonna have a whole bucket load of tackles. How many tackles? I'll give him. I'll give him nine tackles. Nine tackles. There are nine tackles in a bucket. Apparently, yes. that's what I learned today. Bucket full. All right, I'm pretty proud of this pick. I, I think this is gonna be. You mentioned we mentioned Sidney Rose because he had 12 tackles, which was uh, like a, technically a bucket and a third full of tackles. Yes. Um, but also because he played on both teams. How about tomorrow, A.J. Turner is going to have five tackles, one pass defended, and six carries for like 58 yards and a touchdown. Okay. Wouldn't that be a really solid outing to have a bunch of tackles? It would be a great outing. If he has like like 50 yards rushing and like five tackles, that'd be really cool. I don't know if he's going to play that much, but I think if if he plays 30 snaps, he plays 20 of them on defense, gets five tackles. Actually, that'd that'd be pretty. That'd be a lot, but... I don't know. I'm just feeling it. could happen, though. That'd be. Yeah. I also just really like AJ. I've never met. Well, I mean, I've like been in a scrum with him, but I've never met him. But I want to just like hang out with him. He seems like a cool dude. He's a funny guy. He is. Yeah. Well, that was great, guys. That was like a marathon. That, we went long on that. Yes. That was good. A half marathon. A half marathon. Oh, yep. Man. Shout out, Michael. Shout out, Michael. Uh, you should be about, I don't know. It's already finished and yeah. asleep now. Yeah. Passed <laughs> out. Um, well, but we hope you all enjoyed it. Pastides for the. The yeah, that's a great that's pick. A that's, a, that's, that's a really a good, good pick. pick. So he's he's yeah. going to be the real player. If it's not tomorrow. him, it should have been him. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, well, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for being patient. I hope the Spring King segment lived up to uh, us hyping it up for like literally a month. And uh, we'll be back next week to break down again like all of the questions that we have emerging from the Spring game and the few answers that we may or may not actually get. So uh, thanks as always for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share with your friends. And we'll talk to you next Thursday. So normally, so I eat, I eat avocado toast for breakfast or just like oatmeal or muesli, um, something like that. I don't know what muesli is. It's just, it's like it's like oatmeal, but it comes like prepackaged with like like sunflower seeds and raisins and stuff like that. Um, it's and and you can well and you can you can eat it you can eat it like cereal. Uh, wear it like oatmeal and you yeah. gotta cook it. So muesli is faster. So is I that the that. overnight oats? What is that? That's just preparing oatmeal overnight. <laughs> But people like market it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you soak it or something. Yeah, but it's people just, put it it's in just a jar. Oats. So Mason oatmeal. Jar. So oatmeal is oats, obviously, <laughs> and and there are oats in muesli, but it's also got like you know a whole bunch of other stuff in it. <laughs>